Welcome into another episode of the Shooter's Touch podcast, where we shoot to score and we shoot to win. But more importantly, we try to bring you stories connecting hoop culture here in Iowa, and we think we got another good one for you today. We bring on Truman State guard Turner Scott, formerly of West Des Moines Valley, state championship run in his senior year. Uh, Turner comes on and, and just shares a lot of fun stories about growing up, being an absolute bona fide killer. Um, he's, he's kind of the humble assassin. He won't admit to it, but, uh, this guy from a very young age loved the game and you could tell and, and had that winner spirit and that winner mentality, um, and which allowed him to play on a lot of good teams and a lot of people to gravitate around him, but also have a very successful career, both in high school and at the college level. I had the fortunate ability to be able to coach Turner as an eighth grader. Um, we talk about it on the pod, but all of maybe four foot nine and was just out putting in work, getting buckets. I mean, he was, he was a coach's dream at the point guard position. That's for sure. And so we reminisce a little bit about that, have some fun, talk about their, uh, most recent run at Truman state, uh, getting into the lead eight and, and how that went for him and, you know, what he's planning on doing now and what the future holds for him. And so we hope you enjoy it again. This is Shooter's Touch podcast. We bring to you Turner Scott, Truman state. Shooters touch, can't nobody shoot like me. Fourth quarter down three, need a two and one. Better call on me, better call on me. If you know you need a shooter, I'm ice cold like a cooler. Get you right though, I can tutor. This that mic flow, I'm a hooper. I got blue faces. On- Welcome to the podcast, Turner. Oh, thank you guys. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, man, we're excited to have you. Um, excited to connect with you. Um, obviously, we'll uh, we'll get to our background and a little bit of where that's at. But uh, so, how are things going? You're you're a couple weeks uh, removed now from playing. Um, when I first reached out to you, you said you had a little paper that you had to get finished up. So so classes classes still going on. Still trying to finish the semester, huh? Yeah, I I don't have that many classes, but like it was just the crunch with the because we played longer in the season than we normally do. So back on a few classes but knocked out the papers and I'm good to go now for the rest of the semester well good man and so I'll get to enjoy maybe maybe more so than ever the last uh last few months or few weeks here than of uh of your senior season yeah I'm excited for the last month too especially with no no workouts it's it's definitely a, a liberating time that's for sure and I, uh, I'm sure one that you will enjoy and if the weather stays like what we've had here lately, it'll make it even, even more fun. And so, well, with that, let's, uh, we always started the background, um, and, and try to get kind of where sports and specifically basketball kind of came into your life. And, um, and so obviously I picked up with you at eighth grade, um, and we'll get into that, but, uh, how early do you remember starting to, to dribble the, dribble the orange ball around? Shoot too, too young. Uh... I remember like my first organized game, I think was probably kin- like kindergarten or pre-K. So like I started out young and I mean, it was always one of the first sports I played that in baseball. So yeah, I've been I'm playing as long as I can remember. And I feel like I, I can't remember who or what, but uh, one of the stories that I had heard and you might have to help me with this is I think it was in third grade that you had some situation, something happened in a third grade basketball game. And then I think you proceeded either next time you played that team or later something, you went out and hit them for like 40. You have any idea of what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, it was like, it was the all Iowa attack program. We played them and we, we got destroyed the first time we played them. Like we might've scored 20 points and lost 60 to 20. But then the next time I, uh, I had definitely had a better game. I was hitting from deep. So that always, and that was a, and that was a school team. Uh, 
No. So it was just a group, like just players that we put together. Nice. Uh, just like it wasn't even my school too. Cause it was mostly, so, I mean, I went to Valley, so public school, but the rest of the kids were all Catholic school kids. So like I grew up playing with mostly Catholic school kids, even though I was public school. And you played um, kingdom hoops then as well, right? Uh, that was in, I think I started middle school, maybe that maybe sixth grade. So okay. yeah. So I started kingdom hoops back in middle school. So organized basketball from a super young age. Um, obviously you had your own drive um, and motivation as well, but uh, as far as the development for your game, how big of a role do you think being able to have that level of competition at a young age played in your development? Um, I think it was pretty big for me too, just cause I mean, I love the game all like just early on, like I always loved the game. So it was more just like being able to play and go play against people too. And one thing I will say about like those early experiences, I played under pretty good coaches. So like that just makes it easier for me just from a development standpoint, even then when you're not even really worried about development, you're just kind of playing for the fun of it. Yeah. And uh, I, I hope you're referencing me as one of those, uh, those yeah. good coaches, <laughs> those good course, coaches right? you played for. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so then, um, trying to piece this timeline together a little bit when, um, so coach Horner then obviously got to Valley and he put together the, the impact, um, program and which was, you know, for lack of better terms, essentially his feeder program. Mm -hmm. Um, did you guys, did you play as seventh graders or when, when did, uh, that team that you had your school team kind of start to come together and play? So because I was playing with Catholic school kids growing up, I actually didn't start on a like start playing with any of the kids I'd play with in middle school or high school until about, I think I joined the Tar Heels, which was like the West Des Moines public school team. And then I think I started playing with them in seventh grade, I want to say. And then I think impact started in eighth grade. So then started playing with them seventh and then the impact opportunity came up in eighth grade. So we just kind of switched the name from Tar Heels to impact. And then obviously we had you as our coach instead of one of the dads. So we upgraded there. Actually, maybe not. Don't tell Pete Connors. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's my guy right there, too. But um, uh, no, I agree. I mean, it, obviously, like I said, from that feeder program, what Horner was trying to do um, and the ability to come in and, you know, a good group of guys, which we'll get to how you guys obviously ended the year or ended your career the way you guys wanted to together. Um, but yeah, so coming into that impact, uh, you know, again, a school, school club, you know, obviously we were, we were up at kingdom competing and you were pulling double shifts. I know a lot of weekends you'd come and, uh, play for us and then you would go and play kingdom as too, and kind of bouncing back and forth credit to you. Cause you always seem to put us and your classmates and teammates in, in the first chair when it came to picking on that. But, um, so for our listeners, how tall, how tall do you say you were when you were in, in eighth grade? Not, not tall. I don't even know, but four, I was four, nine, maybe, yeah, maybe like on a good day and then skinny too. So I didn't have any muscle. I was just out there. <laughs> so, yeah. So four, four, eight and a half, four, nine. Um, but I still say, I mean, it was stepping on the court. I mean, you, you had the killer mentality, um and uh came with it and i i had several coaches afterwards be like hey man that that little number 10 that you got there like he's he's the best player on the court and um so it was a lot of fun and uh obviously a good crew with pete and john and quentin uh we won a lot of basketball games that that winter 
yeah, I mean, we, we had a good group, so, and it was fun too. Like we had a bunch of good guys that worked hard and just liked kind of being around each other. Yeah. I, uh, that's something too, the storyline that you guys carried throughout your career. Um, obviously some of those guys, John, you know, football player, um, you certainly not big enough to play football, but you did anyway. Um, you guys just liked being around each other. And so you continued to, uh, you know, stay with each other and have fun. And I think that's ultimately what got you the goal you guys wanted at the end. Um, but I remember it's, it's funny too. And you might have to help me. We, we ran into the Ankeny team that had some dudes on there too, that that was always our toughest battle. It's funny. And then obviously watching you guys, your career develop, but, uh, you know, we stayed pretty local, but we ran into a lot of really good talent. Yeah. I think just like central Iowa in general has pretty good talent too. And cause I mean, I mean, all the suburban schools nowadays are like pretty good. I've been staying a little bit up to date, but I'm not as fresh as I used to be on it, but like, there's just, there's, there's good talent in central Iowa. So there's always players. Always players in CIML is obviously always very competitive um, year in and year out. And so, um, like I said, obviously we had a lot of success that eighth grade year. And then you go into um, uh, high school basketball, your freshman year. Um, actually, actually, I want to back up real quick is because the start of our eighth grade year, you hurt or tore your rotator cuff. What was the deal? You got hurt playing football. I can't remember. What was it? Um, shoot. I don't even remember that. I might've broke my wrist that there were, I think you broke. <laughs> so here's I've had a few injuries, so I don't, <laughs> here's why you're not supposed to play football. I think, yeah, you <laughs> broke your wrist or something the year before. And then your eighth grade year, you'd hurt or tore your rotator cuff because i remember the first tournament we played in at southeast polk you couldn't even lift your right arm above your head um and so you were shooting free throws left-handed and, and diamond everybody out left-handed and then coach horner came over um after the game and was starting to get after you for for not dotting some of those guys and you're like hey I, and he's like oh that's right you can't even lift <laughs> lift your lift your arm but typical typical horner wanting you to bust on these guys but um and so, yeah, that was, that was obviously a lot of fun. And then you get it to the freshman level and when was it, uh, you hit a little growth spurt. Um, was that in between your sophomore and junior year or, uh, take us a little bit through your, your high school basketball experience. Um, I've, I don't know if I hit much of a growth spurt, but I think I got to finally like my height now, five ten around my maybe junior or senior year, but I was still tiny. Like I was one forty weight wise so like I didn't have any muscle but I think yeah I was probably when I started varsity sophomore year I was probably still about 5'8 so maybe maybe even a little shorter than that but I was I was tiny I had no muscle at that point and you slowly get built so you could yeah. tell you got got in the weight room and obviously I know you as a as a hard-working kid as well but um so what do you so what do you remember as your sophomore year then getting your first varsity experience and do you remember who it was against? Um no, I don't even I just remember more the end of that season because we we weren't very good, honestly. Like we were just a little bit above five hundred. And then in substate we beat Centennial to go to state, which we played them earlier in the year and they might have thirty balled us. So it was one of those situations where we weren't that good of a team, but we just kind of got hot at the right time too. But it was something too where, cause we kind of had a few guys that were younger. So there was me, Quentin started as a freshman and then Carlo played as a sophomore. 
So like we were just three guys too that just got better as the season went on. And then obviously like our senior leadership was pretty good that year too. And we had some guys that could go as well. So because we remind got... me, who were the seniors that year, your sophomore year? So that would have been like Trey Mitchell, Tyce Mason, uh, Connor Legrone, Luke Umble, um, Tyler Williams. So we had like some guys that had played, you know, organized basketball for a long time and were pretty like when we were pretty athletic too. And I think that's really what helped us, despite me at the time being like pretty unathletic too. So, well, in your that's what I was going to say. I mean, just from those that senior leadership, obviously some football players and some just pure athletes in there. Um, and then, yeah, obviously you and Marlo and Quentin, you know, more on the skill side um, of things uh, as you guys move through. And then, and then your junior year, what do you remember about your junior year? And then you kind of obviously taking a little bit more on your shoulders as you stepped into that junior role. Yeah, I think the difference between sophomore and junior year now was it became like I was the best guard on the team. Whereas my sophomore year, like I kind of earned my way to the starting lineup, but I wouldn't say I was still like the guy yet from the guard perspective. Like I could make the right plays and stuff like that. But my junior year, I kind of became the guy from the guard standpoint. And Q kind of became the guy down low. And then we also had some seniors still that were pretty darn good that helped too but there's just a difference between being one of the guys versus being the go-to guy yeah that's always always a big transition and and you you mentioned obviously Quentin he got he got bit like strong um it would be a right around there probably in from that sophomore or because he's a year younger so yeah his freshman into a sophomore year um you, you could tell that he put in a good summer um, and then obviously going into your guys' senior year, what was the expectations like to, to start your senior year at Valley? Um, you know, for you, obviously, personally, I, I would imagine uh, that you had championship on the mind, but was that the, the, the entire mindset around the, the program or what were you guys thinking going into your senior year? Um, I mean, yeah, for us is basically title or bust because at that point too, um, our initial goals, like our class goals, was to win a state title in football and basketball. And then obviously, cause we, I mean, that whole group basically played football. So we lost football and I was like, shoot, like we kind of have to win that. Like we got to get one. So yeah, that switched the mindset. And so going into that year, hopefully you can, you can help me a little bit with this. What, um, it was, it wasn't like you were overpowering people throughout the year. I mean, obviously you guys had been building this reputation of kind of just slowly gaining, um, you know, and getting better, but you had a coaching change, right? Because Horner left after your junior year. Horner left after my sophomore year. So my junior and senior year, we had coach Windhorst. Okay. And so BJ came in, that's right. And so BJ came in your junior and your senior year. And so, yeah, so you had, not only were you stepping up into more of a leadership role, your junior year, a little bit different system and and mentality there. Um, And then how did, remind me how you, how the junior year ended, I guess, before we get too far into this state championship run, but uh, what do you, what do you remember about uh, who you lost to in your junior year? I just, so we lost to Waukee in the sub-state final. I think it was the sub-state final. But that was back when they had Jacobson and Nelson. So they just had two six, seven, six, eight guys that could, they could throw at us. And we just couldn't. We were too small. So. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Now it's like, it's coming back to me now when you bring it up. But um, so then, so then senior year, like I said, you guys were, yeah, obviously expectations for you guys were pretty high and what you wanted to do. But uh, what, what do you, what do you remember about your senior year and in, in uh, kind of that run leading up until uh, sub state? Um, 
this is kind of random, but the game that sticks out the most to me outside of like postseason was actually the Pella game against a 3A school because we almost lost to Pella at home. And like, we were like, we can't lose this game because this is going to look horrible on just 4A basketball in general. But like, those guys were super tough and like they played really well together. But we finally, we found a way to win. But that was the game I'd say in the regular season that stood out. But we started out the year pretty well. But, and those are always like the scary times too for, I feel like any football player, because you're kind of easing your way, not even easing your way into basketball, but like you just haven't touched a ball as much as you'd want to. So it's always those first couple games are pretty scary. But then I think we won most of our games. And then towards the end of the year, we actually like dropped a couple in a row. So we had kind of like, we weren't limping into the playoffs, but we were limping a little more than we were used to. Well, and I feel like you had a few injuries. Did, did, did Q get hurt? Or I feel like at some point in there, um, you may not remember specifically, but I feel like you had a, maybe a few injuries there late um, and, and trying to figure that out. And then you get into the playoffs. And I, I remember I was at your sub-state game. It was at, at Grimes, but I don't, why don't I remember who you played? Who'd you guys yeah, beat was, to go to state? Uh, I think it was Centennial. Was it? I'm pretty sure it was one of the Ankeny schools for sure. I want to say it was Centennial. And that was a good game. Um, obviously, you guys uh, p- played well, and um, I don't remember a ton about it. Like I said, other than me being there, I remember you guys kind of were in. It felt like in control, but I know it was a close game too and kind of came down the stretch. Um, and then obviously you guys get the get the berth to, to state and feel pretty good about it. What uh, what do you remember about the, the state tournament bracket and when seedings came out and, uh, and those matchups for you? Um, I just remember we were kind of, we, we didn't want to play Dowling first. Cause I think that was one of our losses, but then we were also like, dang, we already played these guys twice. Cause at that point you kind of want to play someone different, but we got Dowling first round. And then, but at the same time, we were confident we could beat them just cause I mean, we, you know, how those two schools are, I mean, you know, each other so well. So, and like I said, like I grew up playing with the Catholic school kids. Like I knew them pretty, pretty well, but, uh, yeah. So we beat them actually. It was a close game, but, like, I feel like we handled that game pretty well. Like, it was kind of always in our favor. And then second game, we played Pleasant Valley, which that was – I'm not a big fan of how Pleasant Valley plays just because they play so slow and so – like, they're they're really good defensively, but they just pack it in. And then that whole situation with us holding the ball. But it's like – you guys were doing that the whole game and then we get the flack for it at the end, but, and then finally, yeah, beating West in the final. Yeah. And so then you get to the, the, the finals in Iowa city West. Um, and that would have been Connor McCaffrey, right? Yep. Devontae yep. Lane, Wally parks, Tanner Lowhouse, those guys. Yeah. And so you, they, that, that team was, was loaded. Um, and then obviously you guys came in and it was close. I remember, I remember it being close. It was, it, it was back and forth. It was, it was kind of a little bit of, you know, you, I felt like you guys are probably in that underdog role um, with that yeah. game. Um, but uh, you know, it's still kind of that this West Des Moines team. It, it, it's honestly, it's hard for me to ever think of Valley as an underdog, but uh, yeah, you guys were, were definitely an underdog in that game, but uh, came out victorious. And like I said, to kind of put a cap on what sounded like a goal pretty early on for that group of guys, um, you know, guys in which that you had grown up with, played a lot with, played multiple sports with. Um, 
And so what do you remember about that night, uh, getting that victory and, and kind of putting a good exclamation point on a, on a good high school career? Yeah, it was just, it was really fun too. And we honestly didn't even do much because uh, actually like our senior class, like some of us, we went on spring break right after. So like we were like basically won the ship and then we were getting on a plane the following morning. So like, it was like, boom, boom. And then you're out of the country. So that's all right. That was honestly the best, probably the best way to cap it off too. Yeah. I was going to say, that's not a, that's not a bad way to go about it. So be able to, 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 to bounce out a little bit and then relax and enjoy it and then come back and enjoy it some more with uh, your classmates and your peers. And so that's great, man. Like I said, I, it was, it was fun to, fun to watch and, uh, and, and see you guys finish the way I knew that you wanted to, but, uh, so then transition time comes and you have to have to pick a school. What do you, what do you remember about the recruiting process? Um, how the recruiting process go for you? And then ultimately, how did you land on Truman? So, uh, me personally, like I didn't really enjoy the recruiting process that much. Like I don't like being called a bunch and stuff like that. And then also like just with the whole visits, like because I was in football season kind of when my like because senior year fall was kind of when most of my like recruiting was really like starting to kind of not heat up almost. But I had a few D2 offers and then I was like, well, where am I going to take these visits in football season? So it's like I didn't really want to miss football season because I thought our team had a chance to win state. So I basically ended up only visiting two places and it was Truman which Truman was my first offer and first visit so like Truman had been with me in my junior year too so they were always the ones that were kind of standing behind me but then Concordia St. Paul uh, so I visited there and they offered one of my really good friends who played for Dowling Ted Brown so just like I really like the idea of going to play with Ted up there but then basically what it came down to was my offer at Concordia, like I hadn't decided I was still kind of 50, 50 between both, but then my offer got pulled at Concordia because someone else committed. So I was like, all right, well, Truman state it is, which just made it easier on me. But, and then now obviously that was the best thing that could have happened. That's awesome. Who, who recruited you? Uh, who was there um, as the coach at Truman? So Chris Foster, he was here for my first, two years but then he went to McHenry and actually just got hired at Drury Drury, yep yep. and then can't remember because his one of the assistants that helped recruit me too but he's an he's a Davenport guy I can't remember his name Hmm. I I know I can't remember his name either but yeah that's awesome yeah so uh so I actually played with Chris um at at you and I so I follow Chris pretty uh I mean, that's pretty closely. And yeah, he just got that, just got the job of jury, which is, which is awesome for him. Um, all right. So, so he picked Truman headed, headed, headed down to Missouri. Um, you get on campus. Let's just maybe talk about the first couple months. What's the biggest transition in your mind for that first couple months from high school to college ball? Um, the speed, I'd say probably the speed and the pace was just the biggest thing for me too. I think that's everyone going in. Um, also, because we had some pretty good guards ahead of me, too. So, like, I kind of had a little bit of a reality check as well. Just kind of like, oh, like, I'm not that good anymore. So, there's definitely a, a change there. But, yeah, and then I redshirted my first year, too. So, like, I was just became – the biggest difference for me freshman year was 
just the mindset of like being ready to play versus being a practice guy, which I think that's kind of, I mean, you kind of know what it went with as a red shirt. So just think it's like a different mindset that if you don't do, you don't really appreciate what it is. Yeah, I think you're right. And um, obviously going through the red shirt year, um, I mean, it's a tough year, you know, for anybody who doesn't have that mindset, you know, for you and for me and, you know, for people who, who are used to playing, um, it can be, it can be pretty taxing on you mentally, you know, not, not preparing for a game, but preparing for practice to prepare the players to play for a game. Uh, you know, it's just a different mindset and not to mention, you know, you're, you're lifting more weights, you're doing more workouts than everybody else. And, uh, you know, and that type of thing. So, um, what would you say, uh, you obviously redshirted, what, what did you need to work on the most in that redshirt year? Um, it was probably my shooting. Cause so I, uh, I tore my labrum senior year of football and then I, I didn't get it fixed, finished out football. Well, I took a month off, but like, I didn't have surgery. So like I rehabbed it and everything, but then played basketball. And then since then my shooting wasn't as good as it used to be. And I don't know right. why it's my left arm too. So it's kind of weird that you'd think it would, wouldn't matter, but so I had to improve my shooting and then honestly, just seeing the floor better and kind of knowing the offense and just like point, honestly, like point guard duties and what I needed to do and what was expected of me. Yeah. Um, obviously, obviously coming in as a, as a, a freshman from high school, there's a lot of things that a lot of kids need to work on, but uh, yeah, knowing that, knowing, knowing that coming in definitely helps when you're, when you're going through a redshirt year. Um so after after redshirt year, obviously get the opportunity to play. What was your what, what was your role on the team? Um, you know, coming in that that redshirt freshman year. So redshirt freshman year, it was kind of up and down for me. Uh, my first game, I sprained my ankle. So I started first game, ready to go, like come out pretty aggressive. Like I was zero for two, but like felt like I was playing decent. But then rolled it bad enough where I missed the next two games. So basically like wasn't really with the team the first three games from a playing standpoint and then came back, played the next couple of weeks, but it just wasn't, wasn't a hundred percent yet. So like, I wouldn't say I got the start that I wanted because like, I felt like I could have played better, but then it is, it is what it is at that point too. Cause you're kind of in the season, but then I went from got healthy again, started, wasn't playing that well. Like I just, like, and I know, like, I didn't deserve to start. So, like, I didn't start for a few games. And then I'd start a few games, wouldn't start. And then towards the end of the year, the kid that started above me when I wasn't starting got a concussion. So then I was kind of thrown back into the starting spot. But it was just an up and down year. I didn't have that good a number. Well, I mean, my numbers were pretty consistent my first couple of years. But, like, I just wasn't where I needed to be. How did, how did that season end as far as team? Um, which our team, that being said, like for me, like we were still a successful team. Like we had some, some guys that could go, like we had Velke, Zach Fisher, Broder Thomas. So we had guys that could really hoop, but, uh, we lost first round of the national tournament, got second in our conference. So it was definitely like still a successful year for us. Well, good, good. Yeah. And so then moving into sophomore year, um, uh, when when did Horner come in? Was that sophomore year? Or was yes, that junior? So it's when this would be the year that Horner is our coach now and Foster first year gone. Gotcha, gotcha. So obviously 
you you played under Coach Horner before. Uh, I guess excitement that he's coming in, I'm sure. Um, was there any conversations with you before he was hired, or did he wait until after uh, after it was announced, and then uh, obviously you knew after that? Well, yeah, so actually a few of us were, like, involved in the coaching stuff. Like, we just got to talk to the AD, and, like, we didn't really have that big of a say, I think, but, like, the AD kind of took our opinions about it. So I was like, I know this guy, like, I think he can do a good job here, but I don't know how much that actually factored into the decision, but I was obviously, I was excited when he got the job too, just because, especially in college, because you don't know who you can get. So I think it's honestly a a benefit anytime you get to know your coach. Yeah. I I told coach, I told coach Horner that he took the job because you were there. So at least it sounds like it's mutual then. I'm like, Oh, you you took the job just because Turner was there and you didn't get to finish the way you wanted to. And, well, I tell everyone that I got him the job. That's that's not that. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I like your story better. I, I like that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what was the biggest? Um, I guess we keep talking about transitions, but what was the biggest transition from Coach Foster to court to Coach Horner? Uh, the big thing was so defense was big because like Horner is just more of a defensive coach, and Foster is more of an offensive coach. So the big difference was like the emphasis on defense, and then. On the flip side, offensively, we switched to more ball screens rather than just like a pure motion. Mm-hmm. So there's just kind of learning more of that stuff versus emotion. Yeah, which is which is good for a point guard have the have the ball in your hands, get to make yeah. make make a couple more decisions. Um, so we're on sophomore year. How did how did that go? Um, a little bit better year for you. Um, looks like from stats and stuff like that. Uh, what do you remember about that year? Um, it was just a, an up and down year for the whole team, just because with the coaching change, it wasn't a, like we took a step back. I think we finished eighth in conference and like it was the first year at the end of the year where everyone was like, let's get this year over with that I have like ever been a part of. So it was weird. Cause like, usually you're always like, can't wait to like play the next game. You're like, I think we can win this game. I think we can win this game. And that year we just weren't like, we weren't good enough. And I think it was just the adjustment of everything too. And then, also, we didn't really have the players for Horner's system yet either. Mm-hmm. So, like, we just – it took a year to kind of humble us too to kind of figure out how to win with that system, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Sometimes it takes a little bit. I mean, obviously mentioning the coaching change, but, you know, from the system that they bring in too. Yeah, I mean, it's <clears> – <throat> you have these players who have been playing under Coach Foster for, you know, two, three years and used to that, and it's, it's a big adjustment for sure. Um, let's move on to uh, next year. Uh, I guess quick overall question: What, how did, how did your role change from you know freshman year, sophomore year, junior year? Um, you know, obviously it, it seems like you you become more of a of a focal point of the offense. But uh, how would you think in your mind? How did your role change? Um, I think every year I've kind of taken a step up too. But yeah, I mean freshman year was mostly just to come in and then kind of get the offense going. Play like I was a pretty good defender, so play good defense and then. Honestly, it's just kind of like trying to be the point guard to the team and then being that guy that could play like a four-year starter that kind of by the end of it would know everything. I think it kind of shows in my career too, though. It's just like every year took the next role. But sophomore year still, like I don't think I ever became one of the top players, like a top two or three player until maybe this year because we just always had guys that I felt were better than me. So – your junior year, you had a kid that could really score it, right? 
Didn't you yeah, have a kid at Scarlet? He's NBA right now. He's I was going to say that. That's right. Was that, Broderick? Yeah. was that Broderick that you mentioned? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, obviously, Broderick was the best player on our team. And then we had Cade McKnight. And then even my first year, we had Zach Fisher. So, like, we had these all-conference picks. So like, I was kind of just in there to, like, I knew those were the, our, our dudes and that I just needed to kind of find a way and find my role within them. Yeah. You know, I feel that's a, that's a great, uh, a great role to play and a, and a great mindset to have, especially if, if you're a point guard on those teams, man, it's like you have these point guards that are like, Hey, I'm, I'm not playing well. If I score, you know, those aren't, those aren't typically the best point guards, but uh, sounds like you, you kind of gelled or molded into your role role. Well, um, and so junior year, you know, obviously we started talking about it, but how did, how did that year end? Um, and what were your thoughts after that year? So junior year was the COVID year though. So mm. we, we had a really successful year. So we won conference, share of conference regular season title, one conference tournament. And we were, I think we were the two seed in our region going into the national tournament. And then from an individual perspective, I dislocated my shoulder three two or three times that like in gameplay so like I wasn't quite healthy so like I ended up wearing a shoulder brace junior year and by the end of the year like I wasn't I wasn't the offensive threat I thought I could have been but I was still I was out there so but I mean it was a year that I thought like we like had a shot at making the elite eight for sure and then D2 I feel like you never know what's going to happen there because honestly you might get matched up with northwest Missouri and they're they're obviously really really tough to beat so you kind of never know what happens but like once you make it to the elite i feel like every other school you kind of have a chance to beat so was it junior year that uh then my guy luke to your heart showed up on campus yeah. or uh, how did yeah, that so work luke out came, yeah luke came junior year so and luke was great to have like he was just all the guys loved him he knew the game too so it was pretty easy to plug in and then obviously he was a senior at that point too so he just had good leadership Got a shout out to him too for uh, hooking us up, and making making this happen. So, so wanted to make sure we touched on that. But uh, so yeah, so then senior year, what uh, what? So well, hold on before you get to that, I guess. So junior year was it cut short, or remind me of what the timeline looked like with COVID and when that lines up with your season and things being shut down. Yeah, so we won we won conference tournament, and then basically you take like three days and then you're traveling to the national tournament or for to regionals basically. Um, and we were on our way to regionals, got halfway to Indy and then had to turn our bus around. Cause we got the call that it was canceled. So like we were literally wow. on our, on our way. Yeah. And at that point you just obviously don't know what the heck's going on. Um, you know, all these NBA games, all these conference tournaments are getting canceled. Um, and obviously a year later, you honestly still, still, yeah. we don't know a whole lot about what's going on sometimes, but, um, <clears throat> well, so obviously unfortunate in there, but, uh, you have one more year, um, before the season, what were, what was the team mindset? What was the coach's mindset about, you know, Hey, are we going to be able to play this year? Um, and then how did that play into, you know, practice time and stuff like that? Um, yeah, when we first got back on campus, it was a little, like it was just awkward to be honest. Cause like we, we weren't allowed to access our gym. We couldn't even access our locker room. So like we had guys that were sneaking into the locker room to like get shoes to go play outdoors. And we actually like got in trouble for playing outdoors at one of the parks. So wow. 
we were just like at, in the fall, just trying to like make it work, you know, like find anywhere to play that we could. But it was such a weird year with just the organization of everything too. But at the end of the day, we got to play. So that was cool. For yeah. Us. And, uh, and uh, played pretty well. Um, overall 20, 20 and three, um, 18 and one in conference, it looks like. And, uh, you know, uh, had some W's against some really good teams. So what, uh, what do you get, what do you, what do you guys say about last year? Um, obviously successful, but you know, what were your thoughts overall? Um, this, my senior year. Yep. Um, thoughts overall was just like being my last year too. It's honestly just grateful that it got to go the way it did. And that, I mean, it's the farthest Truman's been in a while. So it's just all good memories. And honestly, just glad I got to spend it with like, especially like all my teammates, but in particular, like the upperclassmen, cause I've been with those guys for four or five years. So that was just a lot of fun. Yep. And so obviously I'm assuming one conference, um, in conference tournament, uh, who did you, who did you play down in conference tournament? So we, we had a bad conference tournament. We, uh, we lost to Indy first round and they were the eight seed and actually they're technically, they were the nine seed, but one team That's dropped right. out because of COVID. So like they got bumped down to eight. So we lost that one right away, which actually looking back on it might've been a blessings in disguise too. Cause we kind of got to rest up. That's true. That's true. What, uh, and then, so you're on the national tournament. Um, is that, is that a seeding, you know, like the NCAA tournament or explain the, um, I guess the selection process about that. So I guess, so most, most of the listeners too probably know what it's like for D1. So I'll just kind of break down what it's like for D2. So D1 split into four regions, D2 split into eight regions and like D1, it doesn't really matter what region for you are. So like if you're a West coast team, you could be sent to the East region, but D2, like you're in your region. So like our region was, I believe we were the central region. So in a normal year, you get eight teams from each region. So this year we got six because of COVID. But so basically there's two or three conferences in each region. So like our region, we were with the GLIAC. And normally we're with the GMAC, but this year they split us up just because there were less teams playing and everything. So we were with the GLIAC. So Basically, we the, the GLVC did pretty well because we I think we got three teams in, but there were some upsets in the tournaments in conference tournaments. So I feel like we were pretty clear the number one seed just because everyone else had. I think Southern Indy was next with four losses, and then everyone else had like six. So like we were pretty clear number one despite the conference tournament loss. Mm -hmm. And then Michigan Tech got the two seed. And they were just one of, always one of the top teams in the GLIAC. They lost in the conference championship. But there was an upset in their tournament. So there's two upsets in the two regional tournaments or two conference tournaments for the regional. So there was like a five and a six that like wouldn't have gotten in otherwise. Huh. Gotcha. Yeah, and so uh, with the first game, uh, you draw Ashland University. Mm -hmm. um, what do you remember about that game, you know, going into it? Obviously – you know, with your record and just just taking a brief um, a brief look at their record, you know, it seems like you guys you guys you guys were a better team. Um, I, what do you remember about that game? Yeah, um, I don't remember much honestly because that's just the time of the year too, where things go by so fast and like one game after another. Even though we only played two games in the regional, but mm -hmm. um, I mean, they were a tough team because they had some guards that were pretty good. I remember watching film; there were two guys that we were pretty worried about. 
and then the rest of the guys we felt like we were we'd be fine with and it was the the point guard and then their four man but yeah i mean we played pretty well that game too because i think we ended up winning by about 20 which we made shots that game too so that always helps makes things easier on everyone i was gonna say 19 point victory in the first round no wonder i don't remember a whole lot about it <laughs> on the bench most of the time <laughs> um in the next game you know you already mentioned them but michigan tech you mentioned they were really good um had to win there or i guess got the w there too but uh i'm assuming you remember that game a little bit more yeah i do and that they're a motion team so i personally i love playing motion teams just because like being in foster's system for two years Mm -hmm. i feel like i don't really have to prep for it defensively at all because it's you just know how to guard it and you know, like how to switch and make sure you're connected with everyone and talking. But so I wasn't too worried about it going in, but that team, they played so well together and they had a, they're the Gleek player of the year was on that team, Owen White. And he, he gave it to us for a bit. So, but we, I think we started the game up about 10 to 15 and then to start the second half, it might've been a 23 to four run in favor of Michigan Tech so just like that we were down 10 so it was just a crazy game and it was one of those things like it was just up and down the whole way and we found a way to win it towards the end and something that really helped with us that game was there was a flagrant two foul called on one of our guys because he got hit in the nuts actually and they went to the monitor reviewed it kicked the kid out and he was their starting five man and so our best players are five so like that, I mean, literally that yeah. lost in the game because we just fed Cade the rest of the game and they couldn't stop him. Wow. Yeah, I remember uh, I was I was watching the score of that game and, you know, the first time I checked, I think you guys were up 10 or 15. And then the second time I checked, you guys were down. And then I checked again and it was towards the end and you guys obviously had to lead there too. But uh, that's what you got to do, you know, survive in advance in the, in, in the playoffs or the tournament, right? And so then uh, advance to the Elite Eight, am I right, against the yeah. uh, Flagler University? Um, and, uh, what do you remember about that game? Um, I mean, they, they had the best player on the floor and that's what it came down to. Uh, I can't even remember his name, but he was number four and he was, he was an all American, but he was a D one bounce back from little rock. And he, he was the best player on the floor. Like he, he kind of cooked us, cooked me individually too. So I got some of that, but, uh, looks like he had 29, yeah, guys, I was just so. saying, it, it felt like a lot. So, but I felt honestly, I felt like we were a better team. They just had, I mean, you know, with basketball, if you have the best player on the court, sometimes it doesn't even matter what your teammates do. So, and he was the best player on the court. So that's how that game went. But still, the whole way, like, I felt like we had plays that we could have made to seal the game, and we just didn't make those plays. And that's just sometimes how it goes. Yeah. Well, and it looked like it was close, one point, one point game, and so it, it obviously, obviously came down, uh, came down to the last second, and uh, um, unfortunately came up on the short end. And so, uh, horn sounds. What do you remember as far as and, and kind of taking in some of the thoughts and the feelings? All right, this, this, this run, this career, this everything that I've been doing, like you said, to start the pod since kindergarten, is now coming to an end. Where was a sense of relief, sense of unknown sense of just confusion or, or what do you remember about the last horn going off um i think it was it wasn't a sense of relief but it was like i was pretty calm i was like 
I knew because at this point too I was like we've made a run like this has been a really successful year for us so like all things considered it went really well and um honestly I was just like ready to to relax a little and then uh I didn't even like I didn't even tear up or anything but like talking to some of like my team like the other seniors and stuff like that that's kind of when you almost start to get a little emotional but it was like man like this is like this was fun it's been a great time like I love playing with you guys but yeah it was almost just time to relax and like we we did it we're done yeah and I I agree with you obviously that camaraderie and and hanging out with the guys is it's kind of the thing that always gets you the most because that's where the emotion and the buy-in and those relationships that you form are at. Um, obviously, it's just a game. It's a game we love. It has provided a lot. Um, and so it just kind of comes with it. But uh, so what's next? So what's the future look like? Um, we talked a little off air. Obviously, there's life after basketball. Um, it sounds like you've already actually graduated working uh, towards a potential master's. We'll, we'll see how that road ends. But uh, uh, what's, the, what's the career path now? And, and what are you looking for here when once school lets out? Yeah, so I'm actually I'm going to more school. Um, I'm going to I'm looking to pursue physical therapy. So I'm attending Regis, which is out in Denver next year. And it's a three year program. So unfortunately, I got more school, but I'm looking forward to it at the same time. That's good. Yeah. And, uh, we wish you the best. Obviously it was fun to kind of follow you obviously during high school when you were around here, but, uh, you know, in the, in the next level, uh, you know, down there in Missouri with, uh, with our guy, Chris and, uh, and Horner as well. So, um, well, Hey, we, we appreciate your time returner. We, we want to get you out of here, um, in a timely manner. Uh, we like to end our, our podcast with a little section we call rapid fire. Brian's going to hit you with a couple questions, some about basketball, some about not, and you just tell us the first thing that pops into mind. All right. Sounds good. All right, man. Uh, first one that we always lead with, what's your favorite visiting gym that you get to play in? Probably Drury, which yeah. Shout out Chris Foster now. Cause he's the coach there, but he's they got awesome. a great gym. That's a good one. Well, obviously new to the list uh, that we have going here from guests. Um, all right. So, so right now you head over to the facility. Who's going to make more free throws in a row? You or coach Horner? I mean, I'm going to go with me, but I haven't touched a ball in a week, too. So. <laughs> That's all right. It's still a good answer. I like it. Um, um, favorite sports movie? Mm, uh, probably The Blind Side. Good one. Also new to the pod. We like that. Very new. Uh, all right. So talking hoops here, a um, little bit different generation than maybe some of the guests we've had on. Who's the GOAT? Who, who's the greatest of all time? Uh, I'm a LeBron guy, but like I haven't, I didn't study Jordan, so like I can see how people think it's him, and I get the whole debate. No, no, that's good. That's right. uh, part, partially why I asked because I wanted different generations, man. I think he's our first LeBron answer, isn't he? He might be. He might I be. Like that. I like um, that. Favorite basketball shoe? Show. Shoe. Shoe. Oh, Kobe for sure. Any oh. of the Kobe's. Any Which other. we switched to Under Armour this year, and they're trash. <laughs> no, I, we we would agree or i would agree for sure on that yeah. adam may, <laughs> might be a little indifferent on that but uh yeah apparel wise they do fine their shoes their shoes are trash but um i liked kobe's kobe six specifically if we really are putting a number on them um okay going back to impact slash high school days who's most likely to listen to this podcast is pete economist going to listen to this or john reardon i'd say pete yeah, 
he's he's probably more of a basketball junkie than yeah, John he's is. A little huh? more plugged into basketball than John. <laughs> John John just wants to go out and hurt somebody. So, <laughs> but um, all right. So best place or best spot, Adam and I get a chance to come down to Kirksville uh, to catch a game. Where where do we got to go eat before we head over to the arena? Uh, got to go to probably Dukem. Dukem in. Okay. What's uh what's especially what uh what's a good thing on the menu over there? Uh I mean you can probably just get their cheeseburger, go with the classics. But honestly, there's a lot of good food in Kirksville, which kind of surprised me when I came down. That's great. No, we love it. Uh I we should have done our journalistic research and remember what Coach Horner said. Didn't we ask him the same question, Adam? I, I can't remember what he I said. Think he did. Yeah, I bet but... he said wooden woodies. He actually, you know what he said, Duke him in. Oh, oh did, did he? Yep. Okay, well, there you go. It's it's unanimous then on the pod. Yep. We know where we're going. Um, all right, bud, last one here, uh, and then we'll get you out of here. We appreciate your time. But uh, what, what are you going to remember the most about uh, about being a Bulldog down there at Truman State? Uh, probably just my, like, honestly, my friends and teammates. Like, because that's at the end of it, that's what it comes down to. So, and that's who you spend your time with. Absolutely. And that's the, the, the biggest thing that we say with this game of basketball is those relationships that you build, um, the ones that uh, are lasting and the ones that will come back around and, um, and all that. So we, we appreciate it, Turner, jumping on with us, sharing a little bit of your story. Uh, like I said, I'm excited for our listeners to be able to reminisce a, a little bit of your path. And uh, we appreciate you taking some time and wish you all the best as you head out to Denver. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, of course. Of course. And like Brian said, we appreciate your time. Uh, you know, you got a lot of stuff going on with the end of the semester here. So really appreciate it. And um, as usual, we appreciate you, our listeners. Um, if you like what you hear, we'd love a, uh, we'd love a five-star rating wherever you catch your podcast. You can catch us anywhere on social media, on Facebook, search Shooters Touch, Twitter and Instagram at Shooters Touch IA, and on our brand new website, ShootersTouchPodcast.com. And always remember, Shooters Shoot. Thanks again for listening to the Shooter's Touch podcast. We really appreciate your support. Now, I'd like to take a quick second and talk about the real estate market. As you probably know, it is an absolute sweepstakes out there. Right now, we have listings that are selling anywhere between $10,000, even $20,000 over asking. Interest rates are low. Inventory is even lower. And so if you've thought about selling or buying or getting into an investment property, I'd love to talk with you a little bit more about the process and, and maybe ways in which that you can take advantage of the current market. I'm at WB Realty. Hit me up at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, at WBRealty.com. 